today is, uh, I think, an interesting moment in our year. I think we're in a place right now where there are lots of changes and transitions, whether it's uh, evolutions of what the CDC is recommending and opening things up for people with vaccines or just the availability for vaccines for those who are, are getting those. Um, and it's creating uh, a real shift right now in terms of the things that people are able to step back into, the things that people are able to reintegrate into in our world. Um, and I just want to take a moment and just acknowledge the place we're at in this moment and in this time. Now, on one hand, I think this is uh, for many very exciting. It feels uh, maybe even liberating, a sense of like there is some new possibilities and options out there that I had not been pursuing. But with it, I think also comes some challenges. It comes with some uh, real uh, difficulties, I think, as well but also with it, I think some unique opportunity. And so what I wanna do is I just wanna talk through those three pieces here, is I have a, a little bit of a, of a shorter reflection for us today as we, I think I'll, I'll give a little lead that we have a special announcement about uh, kind of the future of our church's reintegration. Um, but the first part of this is, I think that it's important for ourselves and for our peers as the social expectations and the uh, health world in recommendations are shifting towards opening up, that there is a real truth that each of us are out of practice. Each of us have not been exercising our in-person muscles, which for me has meant that needing to be really aware that when I am entering into more in-person experiences, when I am entering into spaces uh, that I had not done before, my, my small talk game is off and my me being around people does take more out of me. And the reason I think this is important for us to reflect on is just recognizing that when we say yes to something, when we go do something, uh, certainly I have found a few of the things that I have done in person recently as I am now vaccinated and doing things with other vaccinated people to be life-giving but it has also been very uh, draining of my energy in the same way. And the thing that I've been thinking about this is how that is true for other people, particularly people who are not like me. I am an extrovert. I am the kind of person that do, does normally get filled up with being around other people. Uh, but even me in this setting has felt a sense of drain for myself and me wanting to increase my empathy and understanding that this is true of other people that there's a sense of relearning how to step back into these places and having a sense of grace and understanding that that is happening with everyone. I even have coworkers who I've worked the entire year with online, but have actually never worked with in person and getting together, there's an awkwardness. There's a, there's a difficulty in figuring out how do we fill the silences when I can't turn off my camera. Uh, and I think that this is the, the piece that I wanna help suggest something in a moment for us too. And then the second part of this, which is the opportunity of this moment. So we have kind of cleared our slates this last year. You know, there's all the jokes coming around of like, what's my new excuse for getting out of something now that I can't just say the pandemic? Um, and the, re the truth of this is that we have cleared off our agendas. We've, we've had a year of the ability to say no to things without having to give reason. I think that this is an important piece because saying no to things, I think is an important part of us ordering our life. 
And I think uh, Jesus's words, I often reflect on uh, this when he talks about not making oaths and promises, but just letting our yes be yes and our no be no. As a millennial, that has always struck me uh, particularly acutely. Uh, I don't know, there's, there's been some reading and write, uh, around, writing around the, the evolution of the aspirational yes, which has gained life in millennial circles of saying yes to things that I hope to be able to do or things that I think I might want to do that. And so I aspire to say yes and be there. And because uh, of the number of aspirational yeses we put out there, as well as the ability to just text people last minute or give people a call last minute, it is also true that as a millennial, I have probably canceled plans the day of more times in my life than probably my parents, more times in a year than probably my parents had done an entire lifetime before. There's a real sense of me wanting to say yes to everything and feeling like I could, so many opportunities, but quickly realizing I have overwhelmed myself or that I cannot do those things. Now, this is not true for everybody. This isn't where everybody is coming from. But the reflection I want to suggest here, I do think is helpful for all of us. It's taking this moment of transition, taking this, this entry point back into a different world that we're all stepping into in different levels and in different ways, and inviting God and others into that process. I think what I'm wanting to suggest is that we use this moment as a place of intentionality to prioritize the things that we are entering back into our life. I think if we don't do that, we are uh, maybe prone to just end up adding things and saying yes to things and doing things as they come, opposed to thinking through what we need. So for example, I think about getting invitations for stuff that I find draining, getting invitations for things that don't feel life-giving. And In my life, I've done this before. And then finding myself so drained that I don't actually do the things that are life-giving for me. And sometimes those things that I do need to do, whether it's spend time with close friends, whether it's uh, be part of a small group, whether it's making sure that we're spending intentional time together as a family, those things actually require me to pursue them. And so what I'd like us to do in acknowledging this moment is go to God and create some space right now to ask for God to bring forth the things that we want to prioritize, bring forth the things that we think we need in this next season so that we can in turn prioritize pursuing those and not just let the shifting of our society fill up what options we have, that we're not letting things come to us, but we are pursuing them. And we're asking for God's help in discernment in figuring out what the things we need to press into are, whether it's because there's new opportunity or whether it's because we want to have more for ourselves as we step into this next year. So what I'm gonna do, I'll talk, I'm gonna tell you what this prayer process is and then I'm gonna walk us through it. So the way that I do this is I'm gonna create some silence and the goal of this silence is just to quiet ourselves. If your mind is starts spinning with other things, it's all about having grace with ourselves. We're not, we're not shaming ourselves that all the sudden things are popping into our head. It's just trying to create space. And then I'm going to invite uh, the Holy Spirit to meet us and begin highlighting 
the relationships in our life, the commitments in our life, and the practices in our life that we need to pursue for our own health. And we understand that it's different for all of us. We have certain commitments in our life that we don't get a choice about. I have to work. That's not a. That's not what I'm talking about, a commitment in my life. But the kind of commitments in my life is like, I want to exercise. I want to join the gym. Or I want to really commit to a small group. And then in terms of relationships, it's the people in my life that I know that I want to pursue in connection with. And then the practices in my life have to do with the intentionality of making sure I'm carving out time for quiet, for reflection, for uh, um, listening to music, creating, painting, writing. What are the pieces in my life that are going to feed me in this next season? And then ask that God would highlight those as the first step and then begin to help us make sure that we hold those as a priority as we enter into this summer of transition. So if you want to join in with me, I'm going to start with some quiet. Jesus, I ask that you would be with us right now and help us quiet our head, quiet our heart, and begin stirring up in us what are the priorities for a healthier self next year. And I'm just going to allow silence here for about a minute. Can I give us another 20 seconds of silence? No agenda here, just letting ourselves try to be quiet. Now, Lord, I first ask for help to identify the relationships in my life that I want to prioritize for this next year. What are the two, three, four, five relationships in my life that are important to me? And I want to make sure that I am prioritizing my time and energy to pour into to pursue those. God, I just ask that you would draw those forward. And I speak against any shame or guilt or processes of what about this person? What about that thing? What about this obligation? But rather you would just speak truth into our heart of no, if I am going to be the person I hope to be next year, what are the relationships I want to prioritize and pour into? 
not out of obligation, but out of what you're drawing me towards. I'm just going to sit in silence for about 30 seconds as we sit and think through the relationships. Lord, I, I, I even write those down right now, what those names are. Not as a obligation that I'm tying around my neck for the next year. I know that you're dynamic and things change, but as a way to orient myself as I step forward. And Lord, I lift up the commitments in my life. What are the things I am a part of that take time and energy? Things like this church, things like our gyms, things like our clubs and groups. And Lord, I just create a little quiet and invite you to bring to mind what are the commitments in my life that are things I want to prioritize for this next year. You know, those things come to mind, I even, if it's helpful, write those down. Again, not feeling a sense of ought to or because I should and not realizing that those things can't change, but just asking for help in my priority. And lastly, Lord, I ask for help in terms of my practices. What are the things that are about caring for myself? Gardening, drawing, writing, meditation, prayer, time in my day to take a bath, walks, music. And Lord, I just create 30 seconds of quiet and ask that you'd bring to mind, what are the things in this last year that have bore fruit in self-care? Or what are the things that I want to lean into for self-care as I step into this next season? Just going to be quiet for a moment. Now, Lord, I ask for your help in seeing the parts in my life that maybe don't have space for. Not that they don't matter, not that I don't care, but I ask for help right now to release myself from the burdens 
of the things that are not my priorities, not that they don't matter, but that I may have to say no to in order to say yes to these things. I ask for help to be able to say no to those situations. And I ask for grace if I'm met with disappointment from people, disappointment from my own self-narratives. That Lord, you long for us to be healthy. Amen. What I encourage you to do is to hold on to that list either mentally or physically and to take some time, perhaps even this week, to think through what does it look like to make sure that I'm prioritizing those things into my life. And actually, uh, as Vince uh, used to always say, it's uh, prior oh, calendaring my priorities, not prioritizing my calendar. Um, so. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks so much. And it, I, I feel especially grateful just for the the accountability that you've offered for me to do that. Like, I feel like that's a reflection practice. Those questions you just asked us to consider and pray about. I certainly like have intended to do such a thing, but I don't know if I've actually set aside the time to do it. So for church giving me my, uh, simply the accountability today to do that. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. So we did uh, want to um, take a moment before we get into uh, our, our usual announcements and housekeeping for the week to have a special announcement uh, in the spirit of what Kyle is talking about, where we're asking uh, reflective questions. We are praying and trying to be thoughtful about what we enter into with priorities um, for reintegrating into a life that's less social distanced, uh, doing that wisely. And so, uh, so we wanted to, uh, we, we're, we're finally at a place where uh, for, for the first time we can actually state uh, a plan for the return to in-person services. And that's really exciting. So we want to tell you uh, the, you know, the story sort of starts back in February, 2020, right? When we were all so naive and didn't know what social distancing meant. And now we all very much do know what that means. And um, if anybody was with us back in February, 2020, our church was actually like, there was a lot of excitement in the air uh, because we had just been in, in a whole church conversation and discussions. We'd had large group meetings, we'd had small group meetings discussing our values and how do we more fully and, uh, and freely live out our values, particularly that we wanted to be more explicit about our inclusion of uh, the LGBTQ and, uh, community in our church. And, uh, and so we wanted to express that more fully. We wanted to be more free to express that entirely and explicitly. And we were part of a group of churches that would not uh, allow us to do that. And so our church was so having these discussions about like, well, this is, this is what we have to do. We love some of our heritage as a part of Vineyard Churches was what we were previously connected with but it was not allowing us to be all that we're meant to be and all that we're meant to serve as a community. And so we were, we were pumped. Like there was, there, there was this energy in the air because it got, it had galvanized us to, for all of us to just kind of get together and talking about this. Now that, of course, the trouble was, if you'll remember, the week that we were about to announce our plans and our intention for the rest of the year, and if, you know, we're going to live out our values in a way that we never even have as a community 
that was the week that the entire world shut down from the pandemic. And so we had uh, we had a very different uh, experience as a result of that Sunday that was supposed to be very exciting, very important uh, watershed moment in our church's history. And it was a watershed moment for a very different version because it was our first online service. And what do you know, we had to get good at that. Uh, and so, you know, at that moment, I personally, like me, Vince, who spends a lot of time thinking about uh, facilitating this church, I felt angry. I felt really angry back in March 2020. We had done so much planning. There was so much momentum and the pandemic stole something from us. And so I felt that, you know, since then we've been online. And despite all of this, we have we have navigated what's uh, the best we can uh, this pandemic life, and we've actually stumbled into some things as we think about reintegrating and going back to an in-person service. We've actually stumbled into some things that have changed us forever, and I wonder if you've recognized some of those things that have happened. So number one is it forced us to focus more our efforts on small groups, uh, small group community, and our pastoral care team spreading outward to get lots of people caring for one another. We are now as a result of this pandemic, I think originally by just by necessity, because we were all kind of floundering. We had a lot of people who lost work. We had a lot of people who were experiencing isolation and depression. Now, as a result of the, going through this season, we are doing a better job as a church facilitating care and support than ever before, than even before the pandemic. We see people caring for one another in more profound and more consistent ways than before the pandemic. So that is really, really important to just note that we've stumbled into something that has changed us in a big way during this time. Another thing is that we reacted to the need for our services to be on Zoom with a more conversational approach to our messages. And so this started out just because Kyle and I, when this originally happened as co-pastors, we were like, do you want to listen to a 30 to 40 minute sermon? Just like that, like we would be doing in person online. Do you want to? No, I don't want to do. Okay, good. I don't want to do that either. And so we just like rolled with it. We're like, oh, well, let's just make it more of a discussion and we'll see what happens. And what happened is we have seen more voices and experiences in our church being represented on Sundays than ever before. This is the shakeup we needed for us as pastors to be asking more people from different perspectives and from different experiences and cultural backgrounds and theological backgrounds to be speaking up. And this is the shakeup we needed to be asking more. And I think almost more importantly, this is the shakeup many needed to say yes. Because saying yes to speaking up in a Zoom meeting is a little bit different than saying yes to going up on stage in front of a microphone with 50 people in front of you. And a lot of people have said yes that I'm not sure they would have said yes before. That's really exciting. That's changed us. You know, we uh, last week we heard the story from Ed and, I, and, and it was so powerful. It was such a meaningful way to begin our service. I don't know if we have the church that gives Ed the permission to share that story as we begin service before the pandemic. I don't think we're that church, but now we are. We had this series last summer, God of the Oppressed, where we leaned into the theological uh, uh, theological discussions that come from oppressed minority perspectives because Jesus was an oppressed minority himself to talk about what are the ways that we have just totally made theology all about what white men think, what rich people think, what people who are in power and privilege in society think. We, we have done a disservice because we, we cannot understand the Jesus that shows us what God is like if we're coming from a powerful, privileged, uh, in, in, in the majority perspective. Jesus can teaches us things that only 
uh, oppressed peoples can teach us, that only people who are minoritized within society can teach us. And leaning into that this last summer was, again, something that has changed us as a community and saw more voices represented within our community that we have longed to see have more of a microphone in this community. That was really exciting. So we have been, we have just sort of shifted in this way, again, first by necessity, but then realizing like, this, this has changed us. We're, we're actually not going back to this, the church that we were before. Finally, we reacted to the upheaval of everything from 2020 by having all church discussions again, even though we started the year that way, we did it again in September because everything had changed. We'd made plans and those plans had to be scrapped because the pandemic ended. And so what we did instead was we spent September last month or last year uh, talking about what's our new plan. We entered into those conversations kind of feeling disappointed, feeling worry. I remember a phone call with Kyle the week before. We, it was just a lot of worry we were expressing to each other. But then after that month, what we came away with was a five-year plan for our church that excited us. We, we started that month with worry. We ended the month with excitement. That's really exciting. And then, of course, the thing that's like staring us in plain sight right now is we had no idea that moving online would unlock discovering many people beyond Chicago who are within our reach. Of course it has. We started this church not just for people in Chicago, not just for people on the north side, but for people who feel more comfortable in progressive settings rather than religious settings, but just don't have a spiritual community to pursue that. And of course those people exist everywhere, not just in our city. And so that is really exciting. So anyway, all of this to say, we are as we are wisely reintegrating and trying to think about that, I think what we want to say from the outset as we're going back, as we're actually making a plan, I'm about to tell you dates to put on your calendar. What we wanna say and highlight is that we're not actually going back to the same church that we were before. We're different, we're fundamentally different. And in, in really exciting ways, we are more supportive, more inclusive and more Jesus inspired as a community than we were before. And I feel really excited about that. That, 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 that fills me with like energy as I think about what's happening, even as we're entering into like month 16 of being online. Uh, so when are we gonna to be together in person? For those of us who are in Chicago, reminder that we will still be streaming online from this point forward. So when is that gonna happen that those who are in Chicago who want to be together, who feel safe to be together in this time can happen? Well, we have three dates to put on your calendar and then we have a shooting for date for when we'll return to weekly. We're gonna have uh, Abby drop these in the chat for us. And, uh, and uh, we will say these are subject to change a little bit, but not by much, they, they, these will happen. The goal is that we're gonna meet once a month in person at the Davis Theater for the summer, June, July, and August. June 27th will be our first service back at the Davis Theater. Yay, we've been waiting for that announcement. Isn't that exciting? June 27th will be our first Sunday back at the Davis Theater. July 18th will be the one after that. And then finally, August 22nd will be the one after that. So June 27, July 18, August 22nd, we will be together for anyone who feels comfortable in that space. We still have a lot of details to be determined in terms of what will the extent of those uh, times together be? What sort of precautions will be taken? What sort of asks will we be making of everybody to ensure that is the safest place possible? We've got lots of time between now and June 27. So just be on the lookout as we'll be explaining what that is. And and then we finally want you to mark your calendars for September 12th. 
That is the Sunday following Labor Day weekend. That is our shooting for date for when we are back weekly together uh, uh, every, every Sunday at the Davis plus online at the same time. So we're very excited about that. All the while, of course, we're continuing other in-person events that are outdoors or uh, doing different things. Uh, you may remember that we're having a neighboring event next Sunday, which we'll tell you more about on the morning of next Sunday in, in lead up to that event in the afternoon. We do wanna say that for any local folks, there is no pressure to make these in-person events if you don't feel comfortable. We are all at different comfort levels and that's okay. That's part of what we're learning to do together as a community. You can still join online, again, if, uh, if, if that is the best option for you right now. And then remote folks, we wanna say as we're moving into this big thing that doesn't immediately impact you because that option is not on the table for you, we do want you to ask like, why not in, take these, these moments that are big, that will feel big to many of the people in your community, why not take this as a moment to like in, invite somebody else to join along with you? Uh, part of our vision for a long-term online community is little pods of people that watch our services together and then operate as a small group uh, together. So, uh, so that's something that you can consider uh, if that makes sense for you. All right, that is my special announcement. Isn't that exciting? We have dates on the calendar. We've been thinking about this a while. We've we've had lots of questions come in over the many months and like, have we thought about, do we have enough information to say? We finally have enough information to say. That's very exciting. One, all right. Uh, yes, Kyle. Uh, just one thing to note uh, for all of our folks is um, for our June, July, and August services, we will there will not be a traditional kids' church offering. So we have some options of like uh, streaming the service in a different theater where you, we can be there with kids, but um, we will not have like a traditional kids' church where you can drop your kids off for those three services. But uh, we are working towards that to, that September twelfth with the plan and goal being that kids' church is able to considering uh, safety protocols and in a way that's addressed the needs of the families in our church, but just so that families know over the summer, I will be in contact and reaching out and talking with families uh, to make sure that when we are back into a place where we are offering kids church that we've had a chance for feedback and comments and uh, thoughts from that. Um, but there will not be a, like a traditional kids church experience for those three uh, summer dates. Very good. Good note. Thank you, Kyle. 